0: You definitely but, want screwing.
1: Oh, I thought that's what you
0: said. Yeah. I don't use a trackpad, but I um I use it for this because it doesn't click clickety clack.
1: Ah. I, I don't see. like
0: I don't like trackpads.
1: Um. Well, they're all right in their place on a laptop. Yeah. But um, I've never got um had the urge to use them for anything else. Locked and loaded. <laughs> marvellous well good evening john hi rob
0: <laughs> you dropped your voice a little a little there. <laughs> so hi. i just brought the um the microphone to within range <clears throat> of my uh, uh vague and forgetful posh sounding voice
1: <laughs> Has someone called you vague, posh and forgetful <clears throat> today no just me oh cool.
0: uh so how is kitty uh she's in bed yeah, Thank she all God. Right? Um, yeah, she's all right. She's uh, she's just got a sick bug, which just, mm, you know, makes life uh, complicated for parents.
1: Mm. Does that mean tomorrow you'll have it?
0: Uh, no, I don't think so. I think she's just got a cold and it just makes them sick sometimes. But, um, okay. we, but we both work at home, so it's rather chaotic. Yeah. Um, yeah, but um, she's all right. Just been up since three. So I am feeling very fuzzy
1: <laughs> yeah well fingers crossed we can get through
0: this well probably perfect for uh talking about um the career of Bill Drummond which <laughs> is very 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 fuzzy and it is conf- confusing it? and yep. meta
1: I think there's a word I think it probably is yeah yeah we'll look forward to that uh,
0: what have so you, what you what wanna- been up to my friend what have I been up
1: to uh I've been um Working on um, a 2001 commission, which has been quite nice. Very technical drawings of three of the spaceships in, uh, in 2001. The, which are the three spaceships? The Ares B, which is the, the um, spaceship that takes him to the moon. And then the Discovery, which is the ship that they go to Jupiter on. And then one of the little pods. So three spherical spaceships. Um, so that's quite cool I've started mine I mentioned a while ago that I was going to do uh, a little side project of drawing these little isometric um, buildings so I was going to do it throughout October as a little inktober project but I've started it already so it's just going to be a little side project for me as a diversion from everything else so I've started that and that's quite good fun I've kind of forgotten how tricky uh, tricky it is doing little isometric drawings. Um, <clears throat> but I quite like the way they've come out. They're quite sort of cute looking, look a little bit like, um, video game art really. Um, where, where, where can people see that? Uh, just on Instagram at the minute. I've started putting them, so I've only drawn three, three or four buildings so far, but I'll, um, everything will go on Instagram and on my blog at some point. And my Instagram being this Northern boy, as is pretty much everything. Uh, you can find me across the internet. Like that. Um, what else? Oh, I've got. Um, I got some nice posts today. You probably haven't had time to look on Instagram today, have you? Um, Anthony Burrell, who's a printmaker, designer based down in... I think he's based down in Rye. I know he, he, uh, he uses the printers in Rye. Um, who famously did... Um, a work hard and be nice to people poster just printed in woodblock on uh, nice paper and it's been ripped off and bastardised and half inched all across the internet but um, I bought one of those today he announced a a new set of editions of it um, on Twitter one of them being uh, black ink on bright orange paper and that's Wow, I couldn't resist. So that's very nice. I'll have to get that framed. Really lovely. Um, what else? That's about it. I've been while I've been working. So the last week or so, I've been watching old episodes of Star Trek because it's the fiftieth anniversary of the original series of Star Trek. At the minute, I don't fifty this years month, this month. Shut, yeah, shut up. Yeah, no, nineteen sixty-six. Wow. Um, yeah. And it's, uh, I've watched a few of the original series and I've just started watching the next generation from the beginning. And I remember when the next generation started, I was very excited and I loved it. And I thought it was kind of very new and, um, very different to the original series, but watching it again, it really isn't. It's just as kind of weird and camp um, and strange as the original series is, you know, there's there's lots of visiting planets where, you know, kind of advanced civilizations wander around in togas, and it's kind of just very strange. It's not not really what I remember at all. Um, but it's diverting enough to have something on the on the iMac while I'm drawing. It's not it's not hard sci-fi, Rob. It's not. This is very true. <laughs>
0: <clears throat> this is something that the film has the films have always got really really wrong haven't they
1: well i really liked the first film the, i mean i'd like to 1 ad rip off oh uh, mm. yeah but i still think it's it's quite cool I think it's quite a good idea um but yeah a lot of the other films have just been terrible absolutely yeah. terrible i quite like the two new ones that i've seen um uh, but they're not they're not really Star Trekky,
0: no, exactly. Right. I I didn't like them at all. I like I like the '60s series. I enjoyed it. I, yeah, I did as well. It's strange, and uh, it's a bit Brad Bradbury, isn't it? it you yeah, know well, these I'll... weird civilizations that were obviously just set with people with. Yeah. Often, like you say, often with togas.
1: Well, I think it's more like um, some of Asimov's short stories, which are very, you know, a lot of them have a, a kind of a. I don't know. Uh, kind of a puzzle at the heart of them, um, and that's kind of often the way in a lot of the Star Trek films that you know the the crew have to solve a puzzle, and it's you know it's against the backdrop of of a strange civilization or a, an omnipotent alien or something. Um, so I think they they're a little bit like some of Asimov's early short stories in that respect. I think, um, but yeah, it's good. So that's that's pretty much been. I was in. I was working in Shoreditch yesterday, then um, went out for a few drinks afterwards, um, which was quite nice. Are um, you, what are you back with the old agency? Yeah, but um, the work that I was supposed to be working on hadn't come in, so I'm back next week. Yeah, oh. um, yeah. That's that's pretty much been my week. I've spent much of my afternoon painting crates for a wedding. Okay. Hmm. so I'm covered in um dusty clay paint it's called which hmm. is kind of a putty colour uh, what, what about you
0: <clears throat> um, yeah i've been busy i've um I'm working now on a um I'm involved in a project on a website rebrand kind of whole shebang mm-hmm. so i've been skyping people around the world and uh interviewing and i'm lining up some interviews for next week uh i guess you'd call them stakeholder interviews if you were trying to be ux and ui and all mm. that nonsense about it but i don't really hold any <laughs> i don't really see that as being any different to just being a designer and asking questions about the brief yeah. um but it's quite, you know, I'm speaking to quite high level people, which for me is a little uh, one man band in Hampshire is uh, out of my comfort zone, but um, I'm actually quite enjoying it um, and uh, everybody wants to get along and actually do the project rather than question why I'm doing it in certain ways, which is how most small businesses act uh, and uh, what else have we been doing? Um I'm doing some rebranding and they cha- uh, that was going swimmingly. And then on Monday morning, they completely changed their minds uh, because they'd showed it to some friends over the weekend. That classic. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I've shown it to my nephew, who's mm. very good at art.
0: Who's from American and uh, yeah, America and says that it looks American. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And how does that affect oh. things? Yeah. So that's been really difficult. So I've been steering that uh over the week, but I think I've won that. So yeah, I I I have to say it's just been a lot of conversations and a lot of questions and not much designing. Um
1: Yeah, quite a different week then.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh weary. Weary now. Uh yeah. played some games last night with a friend of mine, um trundled some tanks around a board.
1: Yeah, they look good.
0: Yeah, it's really good fun. I uh, obviously won. That's why it was good fun. Uh so yeah, uh it's a good game. Um, what else have we been doing? Uh, yeah, been being. My daughter's just been throwing
1: up on me, and that's <laughs> that's my life. <clears throat> uh, uh, well, should we? Uh, do you want to introduce the show, and we'll uh, we'll crack on with some news? Welcome to North v South, the
0: podcast that is and isn't about design. This is episode thirty.
1: We've hit thirty. I know That's kind of crazy, isn't it? Yep night's nice drawing in first day of autumn today, and we stuck. started this started this in the second week of January or something
0: did we it stu- stuck the heating on today, yep, we've had the heating on a bit as well last couple of days a bit chilly a bit chilly today hmm. uh yeah, so um news what's been going <laughs> yeah. on in the
1: world news um I saw this thing which i I think I like the sound of um So it'll be interesting to see what you think. It's a a new design school, um, which is is based at at another school somewhere, and I can't remember where that is now, at the University of Chichester. And it's called the Stroh Hacker Design School, named after its backer, somebody, Stroh Hacker. But basically, it's a new approach to getting people into graphic design. Um, and instead of it being a three-year course, it's a three-month course, um, and it's intensive. Uh, it's a three-month intensive design course, and you work on—I don't know if they're live, live briefs—but kind, you know, much more brief-driven, uh, and you work uh, in a more professional. Industry manner in terms of time scales and kind of you know presenting, and I think it's 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 aiming to kind of give you a crash course in getting a graduate out there at the end of three months that is ready to be a junior designer in a studio. Um, and I think it's a really interesting idea because as long as it's intensive then I don't see why you can't squeeze three years of a degree into three months in terms of technical teaching. Because when I was at college, you know, the, the lecturers were only around for, you know, an hour or two a day here and there and would have, you know, entire days free to do what we wanted. And then you might have a lecture here and there. Um, and that really didn't suit me. I, I think this sort of course would have suited me down to the ground. I was a terrible student. Um, you know, give me a day without any lecturers, and that's a day at the pub for me, um, which I'm sure it is for quite a lot of students, you know, 18, 19 year olds. So, this I really like the idea of it being super intensive, kind of short to the point. Um, yeah, I like it. And they're doing things like it's still quite expensive, but not as expensive as a degree, obviously. Um, it's six and a half grand, I think. For the three-month course, whereas a degree is going to cost you, what's a degree now, nine grand a year, um, I think. Um, and they're putting things in place so that they can help students from um, poorer backgrounds um, afford the course fees, interest-free loans and things. Um, and they also support you after you finished your course. So, kind of help with your CV and portfolio, interviews, um, getting you in touch with people in the industry. Um, and I really like the sound of it. hacker Design School. What do you think? I know, I know you didn't do a design, go through design education, but um, how does it sound to you?
0: Hmm. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> well, firstly... I'd say the website could do with some design r- rules in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think that uh, it sounds like a great alternative to going to university. I didn't go to university, so I cannot – well, I did go to university, but I did an English degree, so I can't really draw on the experience of going to art school. Uh, I know that when I wanted to go to art school, my dad at the uh, was – really not keen for me to go because he knew I was a useless slacker but I still went to university and was a useless slacker doing medieval English rather than doing art and hanging around with with uh, you know people that I would have would have been my peers and that I would have um, probably learnt a lot more for uh, is I think there's two things here aren't there there's one I come from a background where It was just starting to charge for education and so therefore going to university was a rite of passage more than just getting some skills on board. And it was the whole thing of living away from home, you know, growing up with people who were challenging themselves educationally or not um, (laughs) and seeing great bands and culture and, you know, doing really naughty things. Uh, and I loved that part of it. You know that but, made but that, that made have, me.
1: But that doesn't have to be within a a university surrounding, does it? No, yeah, you can no. Do, you can do all those things if you're a junior designer. You know, you might have to. You probably have to find a flat or a room to share. Um, you know, if you're moving away to get a job somewhere, I think it just it just displaces all that experience into your working life.
0: Hey, I, th- I think it's like, you know it's the uh, the Anthony Bourdain sort of school of um, kitchen skills. If you've read any of his yeah. books, yeah. so he he takes you know Puerto Ricans. I think was his favourite uh, race of <laughs> of chef that he would he would train up. You know people that were completely unskilled um, or motivated by food, but that he could be trained to do repetitive tasks. Um, or, or tasks really easily. And I yeah. think if you could treat graphic design like that, where you are, um, you know, <clears throat> doing a you know, like we said before, you know, the iceberg effect, the 90% of graphic design is laying out leaflets and stickers and all sorts yeah. of things that aren't really uh, highfalutin, then yeah by all means three months you know i could take someone in a studio and train anybody who had no skills whatsoever and and turn them into a graphic designer no problem yeah um but can they learn analysis and in-depth questioning and will that will there be time for that in three months absolutely no way and i think that an art degree would give you that if you concentrated at the
1: time <laughs> that's so, that's it yeah. yeah yeah if you were Good dedicated speed. to it yeah, I guess good students are going to, you know, draw every last drop of opportunity out of an art course, whereas a student like me is going to flail and fail his way through it and come out of it none, none the better at the end of it.
0: Yeah, and I, I, you know, I, I, I likewise, yeah.
1: Um, yeah, I mean, I learned more in my first, you know, six months of working than I did in all my years at university and art college
0: that's what i mean we had we had quite a few little interns in um over the well no we didn't have quite a few maybe four or five and um you know that came in from university and sat with us and they probably learnt more then than they ever did you know and and the thing that astonished me the most was the time that they wanted to take to do you know to develop briefs and develop work was a term a terms time to do one project yeah I'm like no you've got an hour uh, at tops and yeah. I think that this will tri- will definitely teach people that you know in that kind of compressed way um but yeah I mean I, I think it's a I think it's a new new thing what's the there's another the Sh- is it shillington um yes they do one they 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 do a course don't they which is over a year is it
1: Something yeah like I think so
0: yeah uh, it's a lot of money you know uh, could you go if you're kid coming out of sixth form college um and you could get into an agency as an intern then i'd say probably that's the best way to learn yeah. um if you've got money behind you and you've got the comfort of it go to university and learn design or art um mm. or even do it you know do something else do english go and live your life a bit but
1: yeah i, I think this is a really good option
0: um, I think if you, yeah, or if you came out of university and decided, oh, you know what? I really love design. I've worked in, you know, I've done a marketing degree or uh, something around no, the design. No,
1: they, they deserve no help.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> That's their is own there, fault.
0: <laughs> is, there social, is there a social media degree? There probably are
1: now, aren't they? Oh, I'm sure there
0: are. Oh, yeah, but something like that. And you want to then go back in to do creative <laughs> yeah. design, then this yeah, could absolutely. be great. Um, I just, I feel that they need to tighten up their website <laughs> just <laughs> overlaying a grid over the top of something doesn't make it a good des- well-designed website
1: yeah
0: uh, and i think it should feel like shit hot and it doesn't feel shit hot yeah today. that's true um but yeah i i yeah i I wish them all luck in the world um yeah. and i'd love to hear from them if they uh no i think that's a really interesting news point and so- something that we're going to come back to isn't it the educational side of things yeah so. actually
1: reading about that and kind of trying to work out what i thought about it it made me see the value in us doing a an episode on education um I'll, well will have just just make sure it's not all about me talking about how i failed
0: <laughs> do you think that the uh the guy the guy strohacker he's got an agency right and he just he feeds all these little interns Probably. into his work into his yeah. own workplace and is like, like yeah, a sausage you're, machine. you're paying me six thousand pounds but i'm going to you're going to come and work for me as part of your work experience. That's yes. really cynical, isn't it? It is. You're a
1: terrible cynic, John.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, but if they're looking for teachers, bring bring it on. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'd
0: like to go and do, do something like that. Happily, yeah, yeah
1: happy go and teach. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you need to speak to your local uh, local college. Hmm. That they, well, that would be yeah.
0: No, I do. It would be Winchester. It would be here. This place is right, really near me. I'm just reading it. it was, we're talking about Jamie Hewlett, but I'm wondering what what's he yeah, doing. I yeah, I don't really
1: understand he's what he's. He's a patron. Yeah. Okay. That's fine then. Moving on. Have you got? A, have you got any news, John? Yeah, I've actually. I had posted my
0: thing, but only uh, literally as we went live, so um, you can then see my notes. See. <clears throat>
1: oh
0: yeah, there we go it's quite sweary because i wrote it really quickly i'm sorry (laughs) uh i uh there was one thing on um no i'm going to go with uh the the staying on design uh the london design festival is launched this week yep i'm not really sure what it's all about um but i think it's really a bit boring uh and Uh, I got an invitation in the post to an event from Sol Campbell's wife. I can't remember her name. It was a square colour plan, um, maybe like 210 millimetre square out, really expensive colour plan. And then inside it, it had one of those, you know, those um, things you fold up and you can do the lucky fortune tellery thing. Yes.
1: Called Um, a a paper salt cellar. Is
0: it? Yeah. Uh, So, uh, it was one of those, and um, invited me to an event, but I wasn't quite sure what the event was about, um, or what, why I was invited. I'm guessing it's because I've subscribed to a Creative Review that I'll now start appearing on mailing lists. But I, I, don't, see. I don't see what they um, uh, what they what their interest in me as a consumer is at all. And I, I've written the thing because I, you know, I work from home in a cardigan with llamas on it.
1: <laughs> I want to see that cardigan. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, my uh, my sister in law brought it back in um, uh, from Bolivia or Peru, and, yeah. and it's kind of yeah. like pixel al- llamas. I think no, they might is it alpaca wool. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, it's pretty good. I was told yeah. to put it on by uh, by Kitty this morning.
1: Really, well, wasn't allowed to wear my hoodie. Fantastic! I definitely want to see that. That's a picture worth posting to the okay. North versus South account.
0: Okay. So I don't know what I'm saying about the London Design Festival. I haven't really looked into it, but it just seems like, you know, it's just another London-centric design festival that's mm. just, you know, patting each other on the back.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess it's, who does it appeal to? St- design students? Tourists? Are they design tourists?
0: I don't know. I couldn't really find much information about it. I don't, I've got nothing to say on it. That was not really a news <laughs> item, is it? <laughs>
1: Uh, um, Well, the next bit of news I've got is uh, an article I found on the origins of the CND symbol. Right. um, Which I'd never really given much thought. Um, So the Campaign for Nuclear Disarmament, and uh, the symbol is the, the kind of circle with the line down the middle and then two diagonals either side of it. It was designed in 1958 by Gerald Holton. Um And he originally was going to use a Christian cross symbol within the circle. But um, I think uh, sort of various priests said they weren't happy with the idea. Um, so he used um, semaphore. So he used the, sem- the semaphore kind of, you know, which way you're flags would be pointing for the semaphore of N and D for nuclear disarmament um, within a circle. And I, it's, I I quite like that thinking of, it kind of has to be post-rationalized, doesn't it? Because, you know, looking at the symbol, you'd never even, I guess, even if you were into semaphore, you wouldn't have even made that connection. Oh, I'm really into
0: semaphore. <laughs> No, do you know what though really weirdly, the branding job that I've been working on i drew i looked up the semaphore for the initials of the business i won 't say what they are, and was mm-hmm. trying to make sense of them as possibly a pattern of the message for the logo and wow. I can't believe that c n d has taken it obviously one step further than my stupid brain <sighs> and, and and overlaid the letters on on e on top of each other which yeah. i hadn't I hadn't thought of to do so um yeah isn't that amazing you know the thinking that goes into things but yeah it's a it's a i just love that idea that that's what it is because i thought it was like a missile
1: yes i thought it was a rocket like as well yeah yeah but absolutely. i I but i guess in
0: 1958 was it a missile did they have missiles i think it were, they were bombs then weren't they
1: the no bomb? they had the early
0: rockets didn't they mm. um
1: but yeah i thought it was really interesting to get um some background on a a symbol that we all know and recognize, but have no idea how it came to be. there was a nice little article that was on the uh, logo design love um, yeah there you go that's all I've got to say about it
0: well my my um my next bit of news is something that I don't even know where I saw this. it's called the fidget cube. And it's a Kickstarter that has gone a little bit more than viral. These chaps who I think they're brothers um, they or friends, they invented this little, you know, it's almost like a thing that you'd have on your key ring and you'd forget about forever. And um, they put some funding out there. I think they wanted... I'm not looking at the site, so off, off the top of my head, say fifteen thousand dollars or something like they that. They did bang on, and uh it's now Just looking on, how much it's raised. It's Jesus. ridiculous. So it went in within, I think, ten days of the launch of uh Kickstarter. I think Kickstarters are normally thirty days, and if you yeah. haven't got the funding by the end of that, then it doesn't get funded. If it does get funded, then you. Give ten percent to Kickstarter. I think something ridiculous. Yeah, and then the rest of it goes into your um, your production costs. Now, obviously, that's great if you've got a production number that is achievable. But these guys have raised four point eight million (laughs) dollars. That is insane. Yeah, I'm ambivalent to the whole thing because the object to me is just it just kind of sums up everything that is wrong with modern culture because it's it's a kind of Rubik's Cube thing that has no puzzle, no use, no... uh has no, nothing. It's, it's a six-sided die, and on each side is a thing that you could fiddle with. But what they've tried to do is gamify it or they've tried to make it sound like it's doing some kind of therapeutic good. And yeah. that just... I don't know whether... They might be being sarcastic and ironical about it, and the video is so close to pastiche, I can't tell you, because it opens up literally with someone playing plinky Blonky piano music in yeah. Vimeo. Um, and I'd, I'd like to say
1: they're being ironic, and this I is a great... I think they definitely are reading it. I think it started off as a, a deeply ironic thing. Yeah. And I'm sure that 4.8, million dollars has taken them by surprise.
0: <laughs> I don't know. I, don't I mean, know. it's
1: just bizarre, isn't it? Yeah. It looks like the, the, the kind of an amalgamation of of just some tat that you'd get in a weird blister pack of, I don't know, like part cheap suitcase um, combination lock, part, I don't know. It's just weird, isn't it?
0: Yeah, it's like something you get out of a Christmas cracker.
1: Yeah. If if
0: it's an if it's if this is an art, you know, terrorism job, a la uh KLF, then, you know, I'm all for it. <laughs> no, I don't think it's it. that intentional. I don't think it is. I think it's just uh I just think the justification of something so banal and so useless as as being something therapeutic and positive you know the fact that fidgeting is a bad thing but we're promoting fidgeting as a good thing um is just horrific and uh, this is an object that should be held up um at the time of uh when you know when all those icbms are flying across all, yeah. all the continents uh you know, and the and we're shifting uh, sifting through the the rubble, and they find this again. As I said last week, they'll just shrug their shoulders and just call us idiots.
1: Yeah. Well, the the estimated delivery for it is December of this year. Yeah. Um, but they're going to have to produce, um, I don't know, well in excess of a hundred thousand, looking at the rewards in that time. So um, good luck to them. Yeah. Some manufacturing people in China are going to be uh, expecting a call, aren't they? Certainly are. Wow, that's bonkers. Well, from that, um, I've got a Kickstarter as well, Um, which is sort of similarly, you know, bizarre. Um, Has it been backed, this one? Yes, this one's been backed. Um, and it's called the personal body unit index um, oh yeah I saw this What what does, what's this? it's really cool so it's a poster um, and it has um, on the poster it has drawings of various body parts so it has a drawing of the span of your arms or the span of your hand from thumb to the tip of your little finger or the circumference of uh, the hole that's made if you put your index finger to your thumb in kind of like an OK sign. Um, so it has all these different kind of things that you can do with your hands, basically, or your arms. Um, and what you do is you get you you make these shapes or, you know, look at the span of your hand and you get someone to measure it and then you write it on this this poster and it becomes... Like your, you know, if you haven't got a tape measure, it becomes your handy guide to how big things are. So you can, and you'll, I guess, you'll get to remember these things. So you'll know how big the span of your hand is. So if you're, you know, in IKEA and you're trying to work out how big a vase is for that tiny little alcove you've got, you can go, oh, okay, well the span of my hand is, you know, seven inches or whatever. Uh, so that's that's gonna fit. Or do you know what I mean? I, st- I think it's, I can't decide whether it's just absolutely ridiculous or actually really, really clever and quite cool. I'm e- erring towards really clever and quite cool. Uh,
0: is, is that because it's in orange and grey?
1: Well, that does help.
0: <laughs> it's absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> I have a tape measure and a ruler.
1: What if you forget them? <laughs> <laughs> I've, got, I've got to take this poster with me. No, you don't. You'll remember how big the span of your arms is after you've looked at it a couple of times, will (laughs) not (laughs) you? It's funny, actually. It's how my wife measures things. She knows
0: the span of her hand and she works on exhibitions and that's how she measures things out and
1: steps. But she doesn't need a blooming great poster for it. Well, it's someone's (laughs) mum, the the guys who were doing this Kickstarter. Right. Their mum kind of did this, walking her finger along the edges of furniture, And she knows how big the spread of her hand is, so she can quickly size things up. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I think it's great.
0: Well, it's made the goal, so it's going for it. Are you going to
1: back it? No. (laughs) No. (laughs) Um, But no, but I thought that was nice. Yeah. And, you know, different. I quite like that thing about, you know, I always think, uh, you know, that the last joint of your thumb, even though I've got tiny thumbs, uh, is about an inch. So that I always, that's one I always kind of use anyway. I quite like that. I quite, you know, Q and stuff. It's, it's, yeah. I would made a very good Egyptian. Anyway, I digress.
0: There's a, there's another, uh, um, uh, Kickstarter. This is, is this just turning into the Kickstarter program? Cause be. I, I, I read this one through, uh, John Gruber's daring fireball this week, mm-hmm. which is called flag. I think it's German. Um, and again, I think it's it's a brilliant idea. It's basically you can get free. You sign up to this service, and you get twenty, I think, something like that, prints a month free that gets posted out to you from your photography that you sub- submit to this site. And they fund it by advertising on the back of the prints. So they print adverts on the back of it, and that's how the whole business is funded.
1: That's just a bit like Vista Print, isn't it?
0: Is that how that works?
1: You get, you know, you order like 25 business cards for like a 50p or something. They all come with Vista prints stuck on the back.
0: Oh, right. Yeah, no, if you've seen those, I've got clients with those. and um, Yeah, you know,
1: awful.
0: They don't last as clients.
1: Really. But I guess with a,
0: a, a photographic print. It's... Well, they're saying that this that, that this is the bit that is disingenuous, which is that they're saying the prints are the best quality prints that you've ever been able to buy ever and then there's just a really long boring um uh sort of uh breakdown um of why their prints are amazingly brilliant but basically yeah. they, they just sounds like they uh, they are they're printed onto archival
1: paper yeah and they're really they're seven color or something like that yeah maybe um, if they're appealing to the sort of people who normally get their business cards from vista print they probably are the best photographic prints they've ever seen
0: well i, I it's something I definitely. You could give us a really good present, couldn't you? Uh, of twenty mm. prints a month that would be randomly selected of the Instagrams that you you did or whatever, and they get posted out to you. Because that, that how it chooses it I from your Instagrams. Uh, uh, so, no,
1: because obviously the um, the resolution of those is terrible.
0: Well, they were looking for 10 grand in dollars and they've raised so far $167,000 <laughs> with 35 days to go. So I think that might be quite popular. Um, but uh, yeah, I think that could be something that would appeal as pre- a as presence because we, uh, you know, I don't print off enough prints these days. And no, actually having a photograph is lovely, um, but I, I, I very rarely do. Um, I've got a, a, you know, an inkjet printer here, but I'm always out of paper. I never print. never print, so I think that could be something that you might be interested in go and go and fund it and see mm. how, see how it goes. I'm not sure what the how the cost thing works, but there we go. You could pay for it with the new Fiverr, Rob. Oh yeah. So, I'm good at these segues, aren't I? You are. I haven't seen them. Oh, I got two the other day. They I and I thought I couldn't believe I, I thought I'd been had. I because I didn't <laughs> even know they were out. Yeah. They're they're not the blue of fibers of old. They're almost greeny coloured. Um, hang on, I've got one in here. No, I haven't. No, I haven't got one here. But they oh, they're, 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 they're plastic. So sort of aquary colour, aren't they? Yeah, they're really really vivid, um, really clear. Uh, yeah, and they're transparent as well. So no. they're plastic. Yeah, um, and they. But- they don't feel they don't feel plasticky they feel like crisp packet or something like that okay uh, they're horrific absolutely i mean winston churchill is on it and he looks absolutely outraged
1: yes he does doesn't he yeah yeah not
0: uh, not, not not
1: not not nice but i guess that's the, the way
0: all of our all of our money's going to go
1: yeah the picture of the queen they've used on it is kind of i know it's an old engraving they've used for it but it kind of, it it just looks less and less like the Queen, don't you think? Maybe it's the colour that makes it. You know, she's a bit like one of those. What were those old paintings of the the green, the green woman? <laughs> those from like the sixties.
0: Oh yeah, that the guy who who's actually was wife painted. Oh, that was that right? no? That was oh, that was that
1: the, different. The big, the big eyes woman, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, the one that she's sort of slightly Spanish, slightly Frida, what's her face? Frida Carlo. Yeah, yeah, she looks a bit like that. Uh, and it was in. Yeah, the of-
1: Queen's got something of that about her on the new fiver, I'd say. If you Google images of them, there's lots of people dunking them in their tea. why? <laughs> For some why? reason. Uh, I don't know. I guess because you can stir it. Pretty germy, yeah. though. Pretty germy. Yes, you'd imagine so, wouldn't you? Um, the last bit of news I have. Uh, this week is an exhibition on at um, the Welcome Gallery, uh, and it's called Bedlam. Um, and I saw I saw it in the Guardian, and it's um, I think it the um, exhibition looks at um, mental hospitals, in particularly Bedlam, as as a whole. But the article in the Guardian is. Focused on the art um, made by patients at Bedlam, um, and it's, there's some remarkable stuff. I mean, a lot of it quite disturbing, but some you know beautiful art. Uh, particularly, by, there's some stuff by a guy called Richard Dad, uh, who was painting in the sort of 1850s. At, <laughs> Um, he's
0: the guy I was telling you about the other week. The master what? the master fairies. Oh God, that was him. Yeah. That's what he's painting there. Yes. I see that now. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? This is so weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I've, I've stayed, i stayed quiet so far because this, this is just so fascinating to me and the pictures are amazing. They um, are, aren't they? Yeah. Uh, I, I, I have personal experience of, um, um, uh, mental facilities uh with family member and um I, I remember him painting and all the paintings that were in the art room there and they were very similar to this almost just frighteningly naive but also incredibly intense um, yeah. and almost uh, uh william blake style kind of yeah absolutely paintings um, but the Willie, the the Richard dad it is just so intense. And the photo of him painting it, I think, is there, is it? Yeah. 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 I mean, he just, yeah.
1: Just it, remarkable stuff.
0: Yeah. He painted that painting for, I don't know how long it was. It was a good 20 years, 30 years, the same painting. That's incredible, isn't it? You, you must go and see it. It's just a fairy fella's masterstroke. Yeah. I was going to talk about the, the old Tate, uh, which is now called Tate. I think, is it Tate? Britain is it called Tate now? Tate Britain. The, the
1: uh, old...
0: Yeah. That yeah. was literally the Tate wasn't it when I was when yes. I first moved to London that's where all the modern art was. Yeah. And and that's tucked away there on the well when last time I went it was on the left-hand side behind the porticos so if you've never seen it. It's well worth seeing because it's almost three-dimensional with the um, the depth of paint. I was saying to
1: someone the other day that I really need to go to Tate Britain again because I don't think I've been there since I first came to London sort of 18 years ago. Well, it's Pimlico, isn't it? It's the, yeah.
0: the, the yeah. no one it's ever the only goes reason to you go, Pimlico. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. But the the uh, this exhibition looks fascinating. Yes,
0: yes. Sign me up. Where is it at?
1: Euston Road, uh, St. Pancras way.
0: Yeah, yeah. Maybe
1: we should uh, take that in. Uh, definitely. Yeah, I mean, it's. I mean the the kind of whole history of art by sort of inmates or patients at these places. I mean, I guess that comes from them being encouraged to paint as a form of therapy yes. rather than uh, a, a symptom of their condition.
0: Yes, definitely. Uh, yeah, 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 art is, art is definitely a, a, a therapy that is used. Even in, back in nostrils. 1850, I guess then. Well, I doubt they had much else to uh, to give them, did they? There were no drugs or ways to keep of, Quiet. They they were remarkably um, uh, positive about mental health in terms of treating it. Um, mm. uh, it was only when later, when the money ran out, that they kind of stuck them away. Yeah. But uh, yeah, they'd had no way of dealing with it or understanding what it was. But yeah, the 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 sec third one down, which says um, it's called Untitled: A Donkey, A House, A Tree, etc. Oh, yes. It looks like Defender or something like that, or Phoenix, the yeah. video
1: game with all these yeah, yeah. weird sheep on the. Is that that one? Yeah. yeah, it is. Let's see, that's got a new one, isn't it? When was Bedlam? Um, oh, okay, so they're not all from all these artworks aren't just from Bedlam. No, this it's is from a typu- typu- typical badly written uh, piece yeah.
0: by The Guardian where they've just <laughs> stuck a load of images in. Yeah. <laughs> As I continue my slightly grumpy trawl through the internet. <laughs> <laughs> Live every Thursday night. That's what we tune in
1: for, Joe. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, we should go see that. That'd be good.
0: Yeah. Uh I'm uh I think we should uh, on that kind of uh sort of blurring between mental health and art, uh I think that's a fine point to jump off and talk about uh our book of the month this week. Yeah. This
1: month even. <laughs> Absolutely. So you uh you suggested um bill Drummond's 45 uh and uh very kindly sent me a copy and i'd not heard of it i didn't know he'd written a book um i had no idea what it was about and this this is turning out to be the best way to read a book isn't it yeah um it's great just to receive something and just to to have no um preconceptions about it so it's cool
0: i Um, apologize that this was at the limit of the amount that we should be reading in a month because um i only started it on monday (laughs) <laughs> so it's 360 pages. I thought it was only a couple hundred pages, but it's it's quite a meaty tome. Yeah, the, it's good. It's a
1: good-sized book. And how, and how did you enjoy it? I absolutely loved it, particularly, I'd say, the first four-fifths of it I thought were absolutely brilliant. Um, you know, a proper, you know, disjointed memoir of someone you know from the music industry who has you know gone off on the most bizarre tangents um the the weird thing reading it is because he bill drummond you know kind of after what well, kind of while he was managing uh the teardrop explodes and the echo and the bunny kind of just got into kind of conjuring up these sort of flights of fancy and uh, these kind of amazing ideas of kind of where creativity was coming from and and trying to make art pieces out of them. Um, and a lot of it is is him telling lies and making things up. So as your – oh, my pie's arrived. Thank you. Hi, Steph. Uh, John says hello, Steph. Hello. Um, so you have to read – the book a little bit with a pinch of salt because you don't know what what he's made up and it's so disjointed you know there are kind of asides and he introduces the kind of a cast of characters you know long after you've first met them in the book and he, he kind of jumps about in time um, and he talks about just such bizarre episodes that it's it's hard to believe everything, you don't know whether to believe it all none of it, some of it I mean if you'd never heard of the KLF you could read this book and think it was all entirely made up couldn't you
0: Yeah or or turning that on its head you could believe that all the things that he made up are true Yeah <laughs> because he because he lives in such a uh a state of grace almost of uh, of just um almost like a live art project in himself Yeah but the man is so benign and his life you know, he he spends a whole chapter talking about his banal life of getting a bus, going to a public library, you know, going to a he department does. store. Um, but then the whole book is built on the framework of doing the most ridiculous acts of, uh, I don't know what they, what you'd call it, P- performance well, art, I guess. Guerrilla art, isn't it? Or performance yeah. art. Yeah. So we um, should really describe, if you haven't heard of Bill Drummond, um, you're not from these shores, because I th- would have thought most people would have heard of the KLF. Uh, we, uh, they were sort of like a <clears throat> uh, uh, a chart-topping rave dance group um, that uh, sort of blew blew themselves up at one of the Brits. I think it was 92, wasn't it, where they came on stage with machine guns, machine yeah. gun down at the... Well, they didn't really machine gun them down, but they uh, <laughs> pretended to machine gun down the entire audience and then dragged some dead sheep into the hotel party afterwards i think and um was quite notorious for that and then they burnt the proceeds of the money that they'd made from their number one single they burnt it. well i'm not sure it was the proceeds of it but they they gathered together a million quid and burnt it on an island of, in Scotland i think it was Jura yes um and then filmed it and then took that round the world to poor well wanted to take it round to poor areas around the world and play them burning a million quid which sounds like the biggest bunch of arseholes you've ever heard but uh yes i think you could agree with that but their history is such that they are fascinating to me for you know for a million reasons uh one i had the poster of the lord of the rings that the young teenage jimmy courtney had painted in the mid early 70s and i had that on my wall when i was (laughs) Know <laughs> 12, 12, something like that. And then I remember going to my interview to Exeter, and I had on the end I had two thousand AD, and I had Enemy and Enemy. That I'm pretty sure that week was the Doctor in the Tardis, the Time Lords' their <laughs> Time novelty plus. single that they wrote and went to number one for one week, and wrote a book called The Manual, which was uh, how to get how to have a number, how to get one, a hit.
1: number one yeah.
0: <clears throat> and it was followed by an austrian band to the t and they had a number one hit with it
1: it's just this Edelweiss. perfect
0: yeah per this perfect moment in time where they just everything they pitched was successful uh but also they were underground as well so they formed uh, the orb which was kind of early ambient dance stuff uh, university yeah. was really big with the uh, chaps who liked certain uh, yes, little north, fluffy clouds and all that. Yeah. Certain little cardboard squares. Yeah. And uh and so yeah, I was drawn into that world and um so it was it was massively appealing to me. But it was only when my sister married a musician. They lived in Aylesbury, weirdly enough, where Bill Drummond lives in this. And so yeah. and I'm not sure that whether they ever their paths ever crossed, but uh John, my sister's ex husband, gave me 45 the book and i hadn't really thought about bill drummond for a very long time uh, you know since the early 90s and yeah. i read it with him telling me all the stories about you know why i should be reading this kind of thing because he was a huge music guy my um ex-brother-in-law so yeah, yeah and that's and that's how i got back into it and, and i read it and i haven't thought about it since but it's only when i got it out of storage uh last <clears throat> couple of months ago and put it on the bookshelf that i thought oh that's an excellent book <laughs>
1: It is. It's it's a really surprising book and really unexpected. And it's surprisingly well-written um, in passages. I mean, it's it's very fractured and uh, kind of mannered in the way it's structured. But um, some of the actual writing is really, really, really great stuff. It reminded me a lot of um, uh, Ian Banks's novel, Espadere Street, about a, a rock star it's sort of a you know a decade or two after his kind of high point um but it's it's fantastic it's quite an exciting book to read um because he does a lot of things that you know you there are things he he actually does that you might have discussed down the pub with your mates after you know eight pints and he goes out and does them <laughs> um Oh, it's brilliant. I think it was a, a great suggestion for book of the month. I
0: think, uh, yeah, I, I, I totally agree with you. Ian Banks comes through in the chapter, <coughs> which is on two hundred page two hundred and fifty, which is called Towers, Tunnels, and Elderflower Wine, which yeah. is a reminiscence of his childhood. And I would love to read more of what he's got to offer there because I think this is probably the most focused of all the stories, and it doesn't. It's not a raconteur's story. It's actually a. Um, it's an ethereal kind of dreamscape uh treaties of you know memories of his life and are they true are they not true and i think it really sums up what his art's all about um because he is an artist i think we should mm. say that you know he chose pop music over painting uh that's in one of the chapters why he does that um yeah. because he saw pop music as being way more relevant than putting paint on a on a uh on a canvas, that it was much more powerful, and he was more likely to be successful doing that. And he was incredibly successful um, in terms of underground, almost art music. Yeah, but yeah, the the, the chapter towers, tunnels, and uh, elderflower wine is is you know, it's only I don't know fifteen pages long. So if you can stand in a bookshop and you don't want to buy and read the whole book, then <laughs> I think that one really sums up what he's all about without talking about pop music. Yeah. Uh yeah, but there's there's there, I mean the whole book is filled with with lovely stuff. Have you noted anything down? Are you Well,
1: one of the things uh, about not knowing what to believe is when he's talking about um I think going back to Helsinki and he's going with his I can't remember which of his his uh, band members it is he's going back and they're going to produce this album by this um, Finnish musical. Yeah.
0: It's it's uh, Zed, isn't it? I just, uh, yeah. It was Zodiac Mind Warp and the Love Reaction who were kind of like a, a cult pastiche crossover band in the nineties, weren't they? Yeah. Yeah, Late eighties.
1: Yeah. So they're talking about, um, this kind of Finnish songstress and they're talking about how, uh, the type of woman she was and, the type of music that she'd produced for them for a, a soundtrack for something in the past, and they really wanted to work with her, and they'd given her a, they'd, she'd sent like a, a, a demo tape of all these songs, and it was kind of, you know, eternal kind of musings with a glockenspiel, um, and this goes on for kind of half a chapter, and then you realise that there is no Finnish songstress, and this is just them you know they'd created a song for a, a soundtrack of something and they created the mythology of this woman and then they they got excited about producing an entire album but they you know they had her history and her kind of backstory and her likes and dislikes and they talk about how much they fancied her <laughs> uh, but she wasn't the sort of woman that you could fancy and you know she'd destroy you and
0: I found myself and, and, and while and reading kind of it looking her, like looking that. her up and seeing if she was a real person I and then that being as well.
1: <laughs> I did. That and as I've well. read it already. Yeah. <laughs> but there there are I think there are a couple of things like that in there aren't they where they kind of made up bands um you know made up entire albums which is just them um but they've they've kind of conjured up this alter ego um which is what makes the whole book A little bit unsettling in a way because you just don't know what to believe.
0: I think there's a really – the most disturbing part of the book is um, I think when he realises that his whole art project has gone horribly wrong and it's called Let's Grind or How K2 Plant High Went to Work. Um, And I won't go into the details of it. I'll just read a little bit from it. The eyelashes were as big as a cartoon cow's. She looked very friendly. She smelled of fresh hay and warm milk. Blood dribbled from her nostrils. Uh, that is kind of when they looked at each other and decided that they'd gone way too far. When they're stuck in the middle of the Essex countryside with a lorry full of dead cows um, that they're pr- planning to hang up on some uh, some telegraph poles oh, somewhere. Yeah,
1: yeah, uh, it's yeah, it's, it is bizarre, isn't it? Yep, really bizarre. I'm, I'm glad they decided they couldn't go through with that one.
0: So, what do you make of Bill Drummond as a? Person, and do you think that he's a um, genuine person, or do you think he's a figment of the imagination
1: i don't say that <laughs> now i'm wondering if he's even real <laughs> <laughs> um, i don't know he comes across as a a perfectly likable man who who's perfectly capable of uh, you know taking his son to a football match in Paris for the the world cup um, But also equally, you know, the sort of man who considered using helicopters and winches to stand up the stones at Stonehenge. You know, he's (laughs) there are very much several sides to him. Um, I'd be really interested to know what he was doing now and kind of what he was creating whether what he's still music or
0: no he's not but you can you can find he's have you not seen this thing called the 17 that he's been doing i think he, he's only just no. finished it so have you heard of the do lectures yes um they uh he's actually on one of the do lectures if you look it up i think it, it's a few oh, years okay. ago but i i watched it the other day because i hadn't seen it for ages and he 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 he's he's all over the place in the video but he's just so charming and um passionate about what he does but the 17 is inspired by the fact that the it's about music and the music now that you can access any type of music that you want his concept is that music is dead now. So because you can get anything you want, you can listen to anything you want. What's the point? So why not create your own music that isn't recordable, that can't be passed onto iPads and iPhones and whatever has come since. Uh, that So he's he's gone around the world finding 17 people, creating a little choir um making a piece of art and not recording it and purposefully not recording it uh and that's what he's been doing for the last few years traveling the world doing it um oh, it's yeah. called the 17 oh cool but jimmy cook yeah jimmy Coulty, uh yeah uh is pretty much just a full-time artist now and okay. he he's actually I'm going to feature his page as um or one of his web pages as my website of the week just to cap it off because um I think it's brilliant. You'll love it. You'll love it.
1: Oh, cool. Marvellous.
0: Yeah, I, I, I love the book. I just, you know, there's so much I can talk about. The bit I was going to talk about to go back to the Tate. Um, years ago, I went to a modern art. And when I first moved to London, there was a modern art thing about, uh, there, uh, like a an exhibition, I think they call them. <laughs> and um, there, it was filled with modern art that I didn't understand at the time. Uh, lots of mirrored squares and bricks and blocks and you know all sorts of installations that i had no idea what it was but on the walls were a lot of these uh they were like um drawings of well they were like scans of um ordnance survey maps and they had very purposeful drawings uh shapes sometimes words and then lots of typographical notes drawn all over them and these turned out to be uh, I only noticed in the book this time round that they're art by a chap called Richard Long. Um, who's it, who's in the book, yeah? Yeah, so, uh, absolutely. And uh, I loved them. I thought they were fascinating. I wasn't anywhere near design at that time in my life. I didn't like that. But it really appealed to me that laying out of information as, you know, just a single piece of art that you can, Digest in one go without turning a yeah. page, it was just there, um I guess a little bit like the um the measurement poster. I guess that's what that was trying to do of just one yeah. one piece that captures you know a whole different world of looking a uh, different way of looking at the world yeah absolutely but yeah as, and it's been a long time since I've been there
1: well, should definitely go yep. field trip number two, okay. So I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah, it was a really good book. So thank you for recommending that. I'll any, have to get my thinking cap on for uh, for the next one.
0: Any other comments about it?
1: So I could go on all night, I think. <laughs> uh, no, I'm looking at my pie, to be honest. Yeah.
0: So your website of the week, do you want to do one? Website of the week, yeah.
1: It's uh, called howwegettonext.com. How it's something that's promoted by the... And Melinda Gates Foundation. And I think it's a series of articles and reading uh, material and podcasts, um, which are uh, inspired by the future. And it's about, so there's kind of, you know, different thinkers and scientists and all sorts of cultural people are talking about the future. And they've done a, a particular thing during August called. Um, Uh, above and beyond and it is all about people talking about the future of space flight and colonizing space uh, the privatization of space um, talking about how space would be governed Um, and it's a really good series of articles there's about 20 or 30 articles i think um you know that kind of real variety of topics by Various people. How will govern Mars? You know, what kind of government system would be put in place. Um, and it's fascinating. Really, some really good, well-written stuff there. Um, and so, if you're interested in space and the future of space flight and the solar system, it's well worth a read. So that's how we get to next
0: My website of the week is. Uh, as I say, Jimmy Courty. it's JamesCourty.com forward slash work forward slash a riot in a jam jar. <laughs> and he's been making these tiny little models. Oh, that's so cool. Uh, in jam jars. And they are scaled miniature, um, dioramas, I'd call them yeah. of, of British scenes of riot or post riot or, um, or sort of strange, weird, um, uh, occurrences but generally with policemen milling around arresting people yeah um, they're brilliant and I thought in this I saw one of the cows being strung up but <sighs> I must have been wrong but there's yeah, some there is abso- a
1: there is a pile on isn't there but
0: yeah uh, no but cows. there's some absolutely brilliant bits of art and I would yeah. love to, I would just give my back teeth to own one of these yeah
1: great one of the out church with uh, some graffiti across it called Jimmy made us do it he's brilliant yeah it's absolutely
0: fantastic
1: yeah just wonderful little things yeah I
0: love that the miniaturization but these things must be absolutely tiny yeah they're 1 to 87 scale models
1: yeah Um, I mean there is quite a a thing about this type of art because I think there's a Japanese artist who does similar things with tiny little figures um, in kind of doing very normal things but so he'll have maybe two people in swimming costumes two tiny models you know like half an inch high and he'll take a photograph of them standing on the edge of a puddle on a street corner uh,
0: I've or, seen I've seen the books of, of yeah those.
1: yeah um, but yes yeah, so it's similar to that but these are these are great they're a bit more um, dystopian
0: yeah I've got the, I've got a a, a an art project listed i think i've spoken about this before haven't i of, um of doing just in the middle of just in woods right i get little tiny scaled um fantasy models and maybe just an arm with a hacked off arm with a little tiny axe and some blood but just leave it uh, you know in a bramble bush or by a tree or a little a little um a nook in where some roots are coming up from a tree and and put a little candle there that's lighting away into a tunnel uh, yeah. so just make these little dioramas take a photograph and then just leave the stuff there and 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 bugger off and that's it and and then just uh i just think that could be a, a really cool little project it's like very a, cool yeah
1: if you ever heard of the fairy doors of ann arbor
0: no, but I've seen uh, there's a village that we go to in Dorset that has loads of these weird oh, yeah, little there is, fairy there? doors.
1: Yeah, I think that started in Ann Arbor in America. Okay, um, an art installation project. I don't think they know who did it, um, but it's kind of that same sort of thing, isn't it? It's just
0: yeah. I just like to take it a little bit darker, you know. Yeah. Just have some, you know, like Very the uh, the bit in um, Star Wars when the arm gets chopped off. And yep. you don't see it happen. And I, you know, yep. as a six year old kid, that just stayed with me forever. I'd I quite Stay. like to start with that one, just a little tiny, and see if you can make the local news <laughs> without telling anybody <laughs> or making any noise about it whatsoever. Really? That that would be the ultimate game. And it just to be yeah. in the uh, crappy local rag.
1: Yeah.
0: Right. Pies. Pies. <laughs> what have you got, John? Oh, it's awful. Uh, it's, uh, I think you had one similar to this. It's a, a Higgity. <coughs> British beef, Stilton, and Sussex ale pie. It's, yeah. But did you have this one the other week? I I didn't have that one. I have had a Higgy pie. It's it's not even got. It's not even a pie. It's got mash on top.
1: Oh yeah, uh, I had one with like a turnip. So this mash. but
0: this thing had been reduced. It was one pound forty-seven, and it was frozen. <laughs> so that that could just tip it over the edge, couldn't it? So I I I think that. The Higgity people need to really sit down and think long and hard about what is a pie, because uh, it should have a pastry top. It should. So I'm going to go in. It's got mashed potato on the top. I could be. I could be wrong, couldn't
1: I? Might be great. Oh, I no. think I quite. I think I quite like the mash on mine. The flavour of it, if not the consistency.
0: Um. No, I don't like it. It's no. um it's no. claggy and then you've got a really strong taste of stilton. But okay. it's not good stilton. And it should be subtle stilton, but this is way too cheesy. Yeah. Um No, it tastes like bad school dinner. I'm gonna give that a four. Oh dear. I'm gonna wash you- it I'm gonna quickly wash it down with a beer. Uh this is a Chiron. It's an American pale ale, but it's made in Thornbridge. Not sure where that is. No. I think it's the UK
1: somewhere. Um, oh, but Near Rivendell, isn't it?
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Bakewell. Oh, okay.
0: So Darwish somewhere. Yeah. It's very it's very nice. It's very hoppy. I'd say it's very similar to um uh Brooklyn, something like yeah. that. Okay. Or see it, the Nevada one. Uh, have you had that one? The green? Uh, I don't think I've had that one. No. Yeah, not good pie. I need to pull my socks up. But you've been, you've, you've,
1: have you tried Well, I've hit the mother load, haven't I, with my pies in the Armstrong's Butchers um, and St. Margaret's. You know, they've got such an array that um, I had to go back today. Well, actually, my wife went back and got them for me. So what have they said to you? So they were disappointed that their pie last week only got an eight and didn't didn't beat the pie from uh, the Windsor Farm shop. Did they know how good an eight is? No, I don't think they appreciated how good an eight was. But still, uh, so my wife asked, you know, which pie they would recommend. And so they've gone for uh, chicken, ham and leek. Smells amazing. Um, Really lovely, crispy, shortcrust pastry. And uh, let's just have a little bit of this. Excuse me. There is nothing not to like about that pie. Their pies are bloody brilliant. It's just, it's perfect. You know, it's lovely tender ham hock. Nice chicken. It's not, you know, it's chicken from the kind of tasty bits of the, the bird. Soft leeks, creamy sauce, really crisp pastry. You know, it's a great, great pie. Sounds like a winner, up. It's a nine. Whoa. Mm, really good. Um, And I'm washing that down with a hop head, which is, uh, as you'd imagine, a hoppy little number from the Dark Star Brewing Company again. It's nice. It's quite a light. It's only 3.8%. It's quite a light ale. Um, And it's very nice. Mm. Oh, that's a good pie. That sounds good. Yeah.
0: So we've, we've done 45 by bill drummond um i, I, re- I really really uh recommend reading it yeah uh, me too it's it's a roller coaster and if it doesn't if you if you've never heard of echo and the bunnyman or teardrop explodes or the K, klf it will just take you down a really nice new route of music that is very british and very strange and, and all very different so uh if you haven't heard of them then, you know, I, I really recommend giving it a, a sniff. Yeah, absolutely. Or don't, don't sniff a Teardrop Explodes member too closely.
1: <laughs> uh, plans for the weekend, John?
0: Uh, DIY, mate. Yeah? Of yeah. Course. Of course, I know. I'm, so, uh, uh, I'm visiting some old friends. Okay, good. Well, have what a about, lovely
1: time. What about you? Uh, big wedding on Saturday at Morden Hall. Which is a new one for us, uh, and then there was the plants. So I'll have to finish uh, finish my 2001 commission at some point over the weekend and start start the next one. Yeah. Well, all the best for that. Thank you. And you. Uh, hope Kitty gets better. Thank you. And um, I will talk to you very soon, John. Yeah, that was uh, right. very enjoyable. Yes. Yeah, good it's to talk nice. to you. Enjoy the rest of your time. Hey, yeah. Thank you, and you.
0: no good for making carbon in this
1: range.